Hello friends. So I am Anshuman Tiwari and this is my podcast Manage Better. The podcast and my website www.managebetter.in is dedicated to helping all of us manage better. In my last episode we spoke to Carmit Berdugo Cohen, a leading voice of quality and excellence in Israel. And I hope those who listened to it enjoyed it. Uh, but just in case you missed out that episode please check for a link at managebetter.in and and any of the or the channels on you know the apple podcast google or stitcher all these have the uh, the podcast live now or contact me i can be blamed for a lot of things but never for lack of speed so many of us of course you know maybe all of us are already impacted in some way or the other with the, the current coronavirus covid 19 and have been distracted or preoccupied by it, by this right but in all these crazy times you know the very important event or i would say a day a reminder of how important um, 50% of our global population is passed by last week right on 8th of march we had the international women's day and this was celebrated across the world as a reinforcement of the power of women and more importantly a reminder that the world is far from equal even now and in today's episode i wanted to address this point um, on this topic and bring to you a very special person who is doing a lot of work in this field so i bring to you geeta kannan geeta kannan is a leading voice for women in technology and founder of uh, founder and ceo of equity and uh, we will be speaking to her in a minute once i have introduced her a little bit more formally um, so geeta is a known name in the uh, indian it industry and uh, pretty well known now across the globe as well and uh, not only for her recent work in uh, women in tech but also for over 30 years in you know in as a business and technology professional uh, she credits much of her progress to learning and opportunities and a supporting environment uh, and is compelled to make this uh, a norm across all women in tech right so uh, this is more about bringing what she has benefited from to all women in tech and um, of course we worked together briefly at infosys and and angita will tell you more about her story at infosys and and subsequently and uh, her vision of course is to bring uh this you know this high quality integrated and accessible resources to expand the quality of, uh, of outcomes uh, for women and their network supporters in in the it industry and of course you know we say the it industry but of course you know it is the same across all the industries more about that in a minute uh, geeta has multiple um, growth and change uh, has held multiple growth and change roles where she powered companies with technology interventions innovative practices and leadership development uh, she has worked on equality of women um, or rather equity for women as she says and and we will hear more about it since 2006 where she envisioned and implemented an early stage women enabling policies the first ever women in tech conference with this sponsorship of infosys in 2006 and then of course she moved on to take the same program with better reach through to nascom and you know other industry bodies and it has been doing a lot of work in that space and has recently uh, you know taken the the whole game to a new platform called equity 
uh, as an MBA uh, and uh, that to a gold medalist. So he's a big believer in women technology, and uh, he's a technologist herself. And I have this great privilege and honor to bring her to you to share her story in uh, in women in tech. So welcome, Geeta. Welcome to the podcast. Um, uh, we were all quite eager to hear your story. Wonderful, and thank you, Anshuman. Um, it's really a pleasure to be here, and um, and of course, more and more people um, hear um, the story. I'm sure um, it'll have um, uh, you know the ripple effect and the domino effect because it's just sometimes we tend not to think of things uh, because they don't stare us in the face, and um, and in in a way, that's how my whole story started in the space of women in tech. Um, because I um, predominantly worked a long time at Infosys and um, I must say I never at any point of time thought of uh, gender and discrimination as I was working um, and I didn't feel that from any of the bosses that I had. Um, but then uh, um, HR started an initiative called the Infosys Women um, Network and um, I was privileged to become a member of that uh, because then that's when the eye opener happened um, in terms of the fact that, okay, you've had a real hunky dory existence, but not everybody goes through life the same way that you do. And I think that was a real, um, you know, the third eye opening kind of phenomenon because then I realized that, that women are really um, having a struggle to get and do what they have to do so that they can get. Uh, to be seen in the outside world is equally performing with men. So first there's the struggle and then secondly then the outcomes are not um, equal for men and women as we've seen with multiple research um, surveys that show that you know there is no uh, parity in pay, um, there's no parity in promotion um, and um, so it's not only that we struggle to get there but the outcome of the struggle doesn't even equal what the other gender gets. And this is not a real feminist kind of approach, but to see, see that everybody does get um, equitable opportunities so that the outcomes are equitable. So um, when I joined um, IWIN, as it was called in Infosys, um, um, and talking to many more people, um, it came up with this whole idea of that we should probably focus a lot more on the gender story. And um, if we could get the gender story right in terms of diversity, then it'll be easier to get the other stories right for other forms of diversity. Because gender is that much more visible. Um, and, um, and this recalls to me a, a little story that I had with an Australian boss of mine. Um, um, his name was Shane. And um, he was saying, you know, um, of course, probably in the global context, if somebody from Mars did come and visit us, what they would see is probably differences in terms of color, in terms of height and weight. But the second difference that they would see probably is the gender factor because we are physically different. Um, and he said, um, if, if Mars first recognizes the fact, a Martian who comes to visit really recognizes the fact that there seems to be a difference in, in the physical attributes of men and women, then he said, even if they can recognize it, why can't organizations recognize it? Yeah, yeah, um, and that's um, and that's like kind of incredible because it's like he said, you don't really think of it um, on a day-to-day -day basis, but yeah, there are differences. And, um, you know, there, there has been a, a feminist philosopher 
um, in the early um, 1900s who actually um, wrote a book called The Second Sex. Um, mm. and, and that, you know, brought uh, to, to questions of who decides who's the first sex and who's the second sex. Who decides then this is the stronger sex and which is the weaker sex? Because it's based on attributes that who decided those attributes. So this is like interesting thinking um, and got me drawn into the whole space of, you know, why is there this whole question of I don't feel included in the workspace? And that's where my journey started. No, it's and, absolutely uh, fascinating. I mean, yeah. Right. And the first thing, of course, that was done, as all things are done, is we tried to have a conference at um, Infosys, hosted it. And uh, we did get 96 participants in 2006. But um, since it was hosted by Infosys, the then chairman, Narayana Murthy, told me that, you know, um, not many of the other IT companies would come if it's hosted by a, a tech company on its own turf. So he suggested that we move the whole diversity um, initiative to NASCOM and that's how NASCOM's diversity initiative was born. No, fascinating. So, and I remember that um, because I was there at that time, I remember the conference. So uh, it's been quite a journey, Gita, and um, thanks for sharing this perspective. Of course, I think you put it very well that who decides who's the stronger and weaker sex because uh, we all worry about the the outcome or the result of the uh, analysis, but who set the criteria? So the, if the criteria itself is questionable or can be questioned, I think the whole whole um, story changes. So, so thanks, thanks for this. Um, uh, this was a little bit of uh, how you got into this and then what were your drivers and motivators. But um, I think more specifically, Gita, uh, and this is not a gender question because, you know, as We've discussed earlier as well that, you know, there are multiple types of diversity. Of course, the gender one is more visible, more cruel, maybe more unequal and impacts half, half of humanity. Um, but uh, if we narrow down the subject to this, uh, uh, from gender to even women in tech, as what would be the, you know, maybe some unique challenges, maybe a few top ones where which you feel women in tech have compared to men uh, and and I'm narrowing down specifically as I said the topic to women in tech for you so what would be those challenges yeah um, and I know you're narrowing it to women in tech but one of the things that I like um, like to say at every um, speech of mine is that when women itself struggle to be born um, it's an achievement that we're talking about women in tech today because, you know, with female infanticide happening, you, you really, the chances of you being born itself is great. The chances of you being going to school is greater Then you know, the chances it, it keeps dwindling. So it's, it's, it's just that you are facing a force that's against you even before you're born. Um, and, and I think these preconceived notions are some of the things that especially women in tech have because they they are perceived as hard workers but not you know in, the, in that they're not ambitious that they are complacent so there is some preconceived unconscious biases already running in people's head about women um in tech and saying that they are really not truly geeks and they don't focus on the tech aspect of it um uh 
um, and are not really smart workers. So that's one of the things, and it's basically an unconscious bias that happens. Um, the second one is um, the challenge that women face is that when we don multiple hats, um, both living, you know, personal as well as professional lives, we are actually unable to devote enough quality time to stay abreast, abreast with the latest skills and technology. And this really sets us back a little because we are not there in, in those forums and those spaces where we are needed the most. And we've seen enough jokes about, you know, I have a woman as a boss, um, though I know, Anshuman, you've said that you've had women bosses, but people all say, you know what, I have a woman boss and it's said in such a tone because they feel that the women boss doesn't add any value so i mean it does tie up with the preconceived notion but women themselves struggle to stay relevant because of the whole balancing act um and the third large thing that really looms at us is you know how when in 2006, when I did the first conference at um, Infosys, we struggled to get somebody to keynote. And we actually had to fly down someone from Australia, uh, one of our um, client um, you know, CTOs, to talk. So because we didn't have anybody in the Infosys space at that point, at, or, I'm sorry, in the Indian space itself who could keynote in 2006. And I think I struggle with that every time that I really look out for somebody who heads an organization, who is a technical woman and who can keynote. And so those role models are not out there. And even if they're out there, they're not visible enough. And, and so it's, yeah. it's so much better if we have a role model who's been there, done that, seen it, and can inspire um, and influence uh, more and more women to join. Um, so I would see, say that the three most things are preconceived notions that people have that women are not as geeky and that, that women themselves struggle to stay relevant um, because they, ha they have the whole multitasking um, um, looming in front of them in terms of personal and professional and they don't have strong role models. No, I think very well summarized, Gita, because I, I, I'm sure all the listeners and, and people who are listening to this now would realize that much of this is their story as much as any women's story because we uh, we as men are either you know equally responsible in a good way or in a bad way to create the environment in which uh, women then find this struggle more and uh, and this is a little bit personal story as well because all men men have a women at home uh, and um, you know if if she's working and working in tech it is not easy to stay, uh, you know, up to date with all of this. And um, it is no less important for a woman to stay up to date than a man. So it, the challenge is equal for both. And why should then the, the process be any different? So I, I think I, I can clearly relate to this. And you brought up my bosses. And I, I can say man or woman, the four women bosses I've had were the most fabulous ones I ever had. And I never saw that as a gender issue as well. Uh, because they were just so good, you know. So uh, this is fantastic. I think the um, uh, unique challenges part. And would you now like to kind of share? And you brought up this role model thing. Maybe one or two role models or you know success stories of inspirations that you can share uh, with with our listeners, please. Yeah, um, so I had a very interesting um, conversation with some of the students in IIITB when I had gone there. Um, and they said, you know, um, they, that they wanted to hear more stories from women in tech. Um, and um, 
and those of you who've seen my picture know that I'm um, a, a gray-haired, um, <laughs> very um, senior women who've been in, in the industry for about three decades now. And they said, you know, we don't really want to hear from you because, you know, with the time that you were there and how you struggled, those were different times. So we need to hear from people who are more like, you know, accessible to us, who, who we can relate to in terms of, yeah, they've gone, they're going through the story in the same like generational context or in the same, you know, time. Like, for example, I, I remember a time that we got so excited that we all got access to our own um, email uh, IDs. I mean, and that doesn't seem relevant at all in in today's context because everybody has multiple yeah. email IDs, <laughs> and and we had to queue up to make an international call. So those seem so irrelevant um, to people coming. So they said, give it to us. So that's the whole context of the success story of a role model. Is I feel that anyone who's just been in that journey, just even a step before you, is your role model, and that was that was something that triple ITB students taught me, right? That they don't, they, you don't need anybody like to be the president of the country or the prime minister for you to say, oh, he's my role model or he has to be a Gandhi or she has to be um, someone who's really been a mother Teresa for everybody. It doesn't matter. It's just that one step ahead so that I know if that person could have taken that step, I can also take that step. And um, there are multiple women there who've even started their own companies. Um, and um, of course, we're you know, grateful to people like Kiran Majumdar um, and uh, Meena Ganesh who've shown the entrepreneurial way, but there are so many small success stories um, that we've, that I've seen while interacting with women entrepreneurs and women in tech. And I, uh, and we actually ran a recent um, um, campaign for um, giving out awards to uh, people you recognize as women in tech. And of course, there were self-nominations as well as people, other people nominating. But this is the first year we did it. And uh, especially my PR person actually came back to tell me that, you know, don't get disheartened if you get two or three applications per nomination because, you know, this is new. People will not recognize it. But it was amazing that we got about 115 plus applications Um just for these four awards that we had given for women in tech. And some of the women, um, if you do go look at up our awards um, thing under Equity, uh, which I'll talk about a little later with Anshuman, is that um, these are women you would have never even got into the spotlight unless they had been given this award. And some of them, um, especially is, is um, the Tekkenes Award, which is given to somebody who has 100 and more patents. So I don't think many people know that a woman has got 100 plus patents. So um, I'm not really naming names, but every woman who's taking that step before you is your role model. I think this is fascinating. I think I, I surely didn't know that, you know, uh, and I can't really name a man also who has more than 100 uh, patents. So it's not, again, a gender thing, but it's just my limited knowledge uh, as well uh, but i understand totally that you know what you're trying to say is that uh, every for women specifically every woman who's taken one step ahead is a role model and we un sometimes you know look for that elusive larger than life role model and the difficulty with larger than life role model is that you can't really do anything about it because you can't really emulate them on a day-to-day -day basis so uh, moving on, I, I, uh, you know, 
before we get to equity which is something that i do want you to talk about for our listeners one one very simple specific question is what do you think men can do to help um, or women in tech so it's um, i mean um and this is my favorite part saying that you know um though we talk that everything has to be done for women in tech um if we improve the world and make it more inclusive it it benefits everybody it's not just women in tech but one of the things is definitely when 50% of the population um and sometimes much more because um as per nascom survey um 34% are women in tech so then the rest are men and without them then how can we achieve what we have to achieve um so um the whole thing is about the support that men can do um and the first thing um would definitely be to see um how they can um really look at their behaviors um because sometimes that unconscious bias creeps in without that's why it's called unconscious right because yeah. <laughs> it creeps in without us knowing um and one of my favorite examples is that you know sometimes when i'm driving down the road i see somebody put a left indicator and then turn right i myself been in the space for so many decades sometimes they oh it must be a woman driving <laughs> and and so if if i can call out myself at that point and say hello you can't think that way um and and i think that's probably calling out that behavior at one point is one way that women can that men can help the women and the second of course as being um stalwart colleagues and amplifying any women's colleagues point of view because sometimes that's what women face that they are they're not able to um you know be heard um and if 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 men at the workplace can actually um uh, amplify a women's colleague's point of view and ensure she gets credit for the same and that would be a great help and the third thing is if if and men are in a position of power in many organizations if they can come forward and sponsor mentor deserving women candidates is nothing like this um you know to improve them in their career trajectory so just look at your behaviors call yourselves out if you think that there is a bias out there help amplify women's colleagues point of view and of course um um come forward as a sponsor and mentor for uh, women candidates as and when you can now uh, totally totally understand i think i think one one part i can relate to geeta is uh, and maybe in a slightly different way is that my wife actually dri- drives better than i do so <laughs> i have not had the joy of uh, making that comment uh, that you know must be a woman because in my case she is actually a far better uh, driver and and maybe a far better at everything else um, that we do but totally get your point that you know as men at workplaces um, if we are just a little bit more sensitive understanding of the challenges and nobody is asking for a favor of course uh, nobody is asking for any um, i would say unequal treatment or different treatment it is just that give the same opportunities make the uh, rules of the game same and then then let everybody manage themselves uh, so fine i think i think we are now at the towards toward the end of the uh, podcast uh, geeta and i would like you to uh, mention or, or share what is equity about a little bit so that our listeners can uh, go check the site and be part of the platform the revolution the movement that you are trying to create you've already talked about the award thing but a little bit more uh, will help uh, before we close down 
Right. Um, so I started um, Wequity in, um, I mean, as recent as um, 2019, December. Um, and, and the whole intent of setting, Wequit, setting up Wequity was based on two principles. Um, the first principle, um, as the name suggests, is the W stands for women and equity stands for um, ways in which, um, you know, women can get equitable outcomes. Because um, I've seen in my experience, everybody talks about equal opportunities, um, but you know, very often they're not just giving somebody equal opportunities is not good enough because what I need might be different from what someone else needs. And I think that less. So that's what equity is about saying that what each person needs is so different. Um, and um, so for us to get equitable outcomes, um, it's necessary to focus on the process um, and then equality will follow kind of automatically. That's one principle. The second principle was um, that you know, a lot of organizations um, are working towards trying to um, um, get equality for everybody and try to make um, the world itself a more inclusive space. And Equity believes that we should collaborate with everyone um, um, and so that we can, all of us can actually jointly get together so we can actually push the needle. And one of my favorite things to my team that I say is that I want to see that needle move in my lifetime. Um, and the needle has to move in my lifetime. Otherwise, a lot of things that we are doing um, is, is, is so fractured and disorganized. It's not really like giving the punch that it truly deserves. So um, a lot of the programs that at Equity that we'll do is, is all will be on a collaborative mode. Um, for example, when we did our first conference called Withfluence, which served not only an inauguration of Equity as a, um, as a, as a company, but it also served to, you know, the first ever awards were given then, but it is also, we, we tied up with women in product in the US that we could bring, um, you know, specific sessions around product management to um, the women in tech. And that was so well received by everybody who attended. Um, and that's the first of our collaborations. And I'm saying that there is no competition, it's all collaboration. So the two principles, of course, that we believe in so strongly is equity and collaboration. Fantastic, I think, Gita. Um, so I, I, I quite like the way you put the equity part and equality. Equality is, of course, an outcome and equity is today. You know, if we don't do anything today about this, uh, most of what we say remains a pipe dream or only lectures or lip service, as most people say. So, so thank you very much for uh, your time uh, today, Gita, and um, very engaging session. I quite loved it. Uh, you know, this is a very relevant topic. We most of us shy away from this and think it is somebody else's problem. It is not somebody else's problem. We are part of the whole uh, workplace, and if we even if we limit this conversation to workplace. Uh, Men and women have to work together, have to succeed together, and uh, none of them or either of them can't do any better without the other. So this is uh, more a partnership and uh, supporting each other is uh, definitely the way to go. And we can already see that, you know, your success in this space and the way you yourself are a role model. And I know you are very humble about this, but uh, you yourself are a role model for many and uh, now taking the story and the platform and the process to others through equity is definitely worthwhile and i'm sure many listeners will check the website so uh, people if you want to 
check around i will of course leave a link in my uh, post but it is w e q u i t y dot tech so vetwitty dot tech is the website name and you will find much more uh, uh, on the website as you go and check so with this we bring uh, this session to an end um, uh, th thanks for listening guys and geeta of course uh, thank you once again and uh, i just want a small help from all of you listeners if you've been uh, liking what i've been putting out there in forms of this uh, these podcasts please like us on linkedin comment share just like most of what i put out will also get for here on the on managebetter.in which is my new website so thanks for listening and my best wishes for you till the next one till then manage better